Welcome to this special edition series of Penta Communications' top growth podcast, Emerging Stronger. Produced to help leaders gain valuable insight into strategies to help them lead their organizations more effectively through the coronavirus epidemic. Our host, Deborah Penta, interviews several leading experts in various disciplines, bringing together a well-rounded, all-star lineup on subjects such as positive thinking, wellness, business growth, and how to sell out of an economic downturn. We are delighted to welcome Auburn Town Manager, Julie Jacobson. Julie was appointed Auburn's very first town manager in January of 2011. And in her role, she serves as the Chief Executive Officer and oversees all municipal operations and administration, facilities and personnel. She has implemented numerous initiatives to maximize resources, strengthen the town's financial position, improve infrastructure, stimulate economic development, and expand programs and services to residents. Julie brings over 35 years of experience in government, with 31 of those years in the municipal government sector. Prior to assuming the role of town manager in Auburn, she was the assistant city manager in Worcester, where she also served simultaneously as the chief development officer and the chief executive officer of the Worcester Redevelopment Authority. Julie was the first female assistant city manager in Worcester's history, and she worked for the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, serving as its Director of Regional Development and Public Policy, and was the President of the Worcester Infotech Corporation. She was the Interim President and Chief Executive Officer of the Worcester Chamber of Commerce, and she is currently serving as the President of the Massachusetts Municipal Association Board of Directors. Julie, we can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your very chaotic schedule right now to join us on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you. And uh, Julie, we're really curious as to what a typical day looks like right now for you during this pandemic. Can you take our listeners through a day in the life of uh, Julie Jacobson, Auburn Town Manager? <laughs> Certainly. Well, a day in the life before COVID-19 was pretty chaotic and busy, but Certainly since uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 erupted in mid-March, my typical day is really very far from ordinary and very far from routine. I'd say the day generally begins around 7 a.m. or so, uh, answering emails and reading through reports that came in uh, since I, I went to bed the night before. I probably average about 150 to 200 emails a day. Uh, prior to COVID, it was probably around 100 a day. So that's almost doubled the amount of emails that come in on a daily basis, including phone calls that have also doubled. Starting around 7.30 in the morning, I have a conversation every morning with my assistant town managers and CFO, Ed Kazanovich, uh, excuse me, Ed Kazanovich to review the plan for the day and uh, to discuss any new issues that arose overnight. And believe it or not, Deborah, there are several issues that are, arise during the night. Uh, things are coming in at all hours. By 8 a.m., I'm generally in the office and participating in remote meetings and returning phone calls. Whether I conduct those meetings from the office or later from my home, I'd say I'm probably in remote meetings about eight or nine hours a day uh, minimum. This includes internal department head meetings, public health division meetings, calls with attorneys, local, state, and federal agencies and officials, and 
simultaneously and in between all of this, I'm working on preparing community messages for the residents, Code Red, which is our web-based uh, reverse 911 system, Code Red messages, uh, developing postings for the public to keep them informed, developing emergency plans and programs for our residents, coordinating responses to our residents, businesses, and property owners who have questions or in need of assistance and so forth. And then, Deborah, in addition to the COVID-related work every day, I still have to keep up with the normal pre-COVID responsibilities of the job, you know, dealing with resident questions and issues, board and commission matters, personnel matters, contracts, purchasing, bids, managing the overall operations of all the various town departments, and right now, preparing for the annual town meeting, our FY21 budgets, grant writing, monitoring, closing out of projects by year-end, and project management and planning. So all of that still has to take place in addition to dealing with COVID. So I'd say depending on the day and the issues that happened during that day, I probably wrap up around eight or nine at night. Although last night I would tell you it was one in the morning uh, and then was back at it again at six o'clock this morning. So very stressful times. And you know, what kind of issues are you seeing that are arising in the evening hours? Are they emergency situations? Um, what, are, what are some of those um, issues that are coming in over, over the evening hours? Well, a number of different things uh, happen during the evening. So our essential services, which are, you know, I would tell you, first of all, I consider all of our employees essential, whether they're deemed essential legally or not. I believe they're all essential. They're all needed to provide a necessary function for the residents of this community. But under an emergency order and under many of the governor's orders, as well as my own uh, state of emergency that I declared on March 18th, our essential personnel would be police, fire, public health, and uh, I would also say DPW, which is our Department of Public Works, because you have to keep your roads open, you have to deal with broken pipes, you have to make sure that uh, all the infrastructure needs are met immediately, and also certain uh, members of our senior center trying to provide and continue to provide services to our elderly and our most vulnerable populations. So the issues that arise at night range from issues that may have happened due to a first responders call or an issue with the health department uh, that's related to COVID that, you know, COVID doesn't know hours of the day. COVID doesn't know what time it is. Things happen all during the day and evening. Uh, issues with regard to needing to get a message out to the community because of something that may have occurred in the after hours or issues with a certain shift that might've come on duty and ran into an issue that has to be addressed immediately. So those issues happen all the time. I'd say regardless of COVID, that's the type of job that we have as town and city managers. These issues are 24 seven, but it's, it's certainly been more enhanced with COVID. Absolutely, and um, certainly it's a challenging time to lead uh, a, a town or a city right now, um, challenging always, but even you know, at the highest level now. What do you feel are the most um, uh, intense challenges right now for you leading um, in your role? Um, how do you see the most challenging part of your job right now? Well, there truly is no one challenging part of leading through this really unprecedented crisis. So I'm glad to hear you ask what are some of the most challenging parts because there are certainly several. Uh, while we've developed and implemented solid emergency management plans for Auburn over the past few years, and certainly over the last nine years that I've been in this position, 
COVID-19 and just in general, a global pandemic such as this has never happened in our lifetimes. There's no playbook. There's very little data about the virus. What data we do have about the virus uh, nationally and globally is unfolding hourly. Thus, our responses and plans need to evolve as more data becomes available. We are fighting a war on a virus that's affected us globally, nationally, and locally, and it's having economic, health, and social impacts. I'd say the most challenging part for me on an operational level is the need to keep the public, our elected leaders, and the employees informed on the most recent changes, orders, regulations, laws, and guidance, since it changes daily, if not hourly. Uh, daily briefings at both the state and federal level affect our, op our operations profoundly, and we need to be nimble to adapt quickly and remain in compliance with these changing laws and regulations. Sometimes, Deborah, we spend days putting together an action plan to address a new regulation or a new law, and hours after we implement that plan, that law is revised or changed. So at that point, we need to step back, reassess, and revise accordingly. I'd say it's also a challenge as a leader to motivate our employees to continue to provide these essential services when they're concerned for their own safety and for the safety of their families, yet recognizing that the residents and the public in Auburn rely on us to provide services and programs. So our essential personnel are working. They're working every day. They're working from their offices. They're working from their homes. They're working far beyond a, a traditional 40-hour work week. Uh, you know, many, many of us are working between you know, 40 and 90 hours a week nonstop just to make sure that we continue to provide the services that are critical to this community, whether they're emergency services or day-to-day -day services that still need to go on. I'd say lastly, but importantly, it really is a challenge to have to make difficult decisions that may not be popular, but they're the right decisions to make to protect our employees, protect this community. I recognize that people are frightened and they're unsure of the immediate and long-term future. Uh, I hope that our administration, town administration, myself, uh, assistant town manager, Ed Kazanovich, I hope together we can instill some sense of confidence in the employees and in the community that while these are difficult, challenging and unprecedented times, we will emerge from this and the community will be stronger as a result. We may be bruised along the way, but we will emerge and there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, very powerful message. How many COVID-19 cases do you have in Auburn as of today? Uh, I, will, I will tell you that today is a Wednesday and the state as of last week will be reporting their numbers by town Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. So the number that I have is as of 4 p.m. last Wednesday and it, that was 34 cases. Our public health nurses and our Board of Health are receiving updates on a regular basis from the Department of Public Health, but publicly the Department of Public Health is releasing these numbers at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So I anticipate that our cases that were 34 last Wednesday will increase certainly when that announcement is made this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, we initially, the state was advising that all communities do not uh, promote or notify the, the public how many specific cases were in your community to be determined to be positive. Uh, many communities, including Auburn, made the decision that we would release that information on a weekly basis, not on a daily basis. 
We don't want to create any sense of panic, but we most certainly want to let our residents know that this is real. COVID-19, the threat of COVID-19, and the incidence of spreading COVID-19 is in every community. And I think that keeping our public and keeping our residents informed of that number on a weekly basis keeps the message clear to them that COVID is in the community. You need to continue to follow all the precautions, follow the guidelines, follow the directives from the state and local and federal health officials, and make sure that you're taking every precaution you can for you and your family because COVID is here. Yes, and I think it's really important that you've decided to release information in the spirit of transparency because the more people know and realize how real it is and how much it is certainly out there, um, they can take proactive um, um, steps to guard themselves against getting it and to protect themselves and their families. Um, you know, we've been hearing a lot on, uh, you know, the national news and um, obviously, you know, all the news um, throughout um, the whole COVID-19 pandemic. And most recently, there was a, um, um, someone had said that Massachusetts will become one of the nation's next hotspots. Um, certainly, we've seen a surge happen in the last couple of weeks here in the Commonwealth. Um, are you anticipating this? Do you believe this to be true just based on the data that you are receiving and um, through the shared um, information um, that you've been gathering from your fellow um, colleagues across the Commonwealth? Um, what do you think about that and what are you expecting to see? I anticipate that the surge has not yet occurred. I do think it will occur in the next couple of weeks. Looking at the data, looking at the uh, tracking systems that are in place, it most certainly appears that the experts are right on target saying that uh, Massachusetts is going to be peaking shortly. I anticipate that the stay-at-home orders from the governor and the essential services order from the governor may also be extended beyond May 4th. Uh, it's certainly, I, we anticipate it's going to be extended to what degree we're sure yet, but I do believe there will be an extension. And that there, I also believe there will likely be a phased in approach to reopening the economy. We cannot go from a system that has been virtually all but shut down to a system that goes back to the pre-COVID uh, condition that we had. I think it's going to be a long process, but I think it's going to have to be a staged process whereby we continue to take extreme precautions to curb this virus and stop the spread. And that has to be done through the diligence of the residents of this Commonwealth. And we need people to avoid gatherings, stay at home whenever you can, follow all public health guidelines, continue to implement public health precautions and social distancing and other social changes in our lives until we know that we are through the other side of this. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't think anyone has that crystal ball, but we cannot all of a sudden go from a situation where we are primarily staying at home as a commonwealth to going back to the days where we're gathering in large groups. I think that's going to have to change. I don't think we should be promoting nor encouraging 
large group gatherings of any sort over the next several months. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, we're seeing that certain states uh, across the country have been reopening. Uh, I think Georgia was yesterday and we're, you know, we're seeing people protesting to go back to normal. And uh, it's really troubling because the science behind this is such that you really don't want to do that. You've got to make sure that we're out of the woods and that everyone is going to be safe because as you well know and you've seen in your own community, it only takes one person to get it or get it again in some of these communities that are reopening and it's just gonna backfire. Um, there are a lot of businesses that are hurting right now and are struggling and are really searching for ways of staying uh, open. Um, we have seen uh, many companies in, uh, in a very positive way trying to reinvent themselves in a new normal and doing a whole new um, process of selling and marketing during this time from a virtual perspective and getting back to some old world techniques of picking up the phone and communicating with their customers. Um, what advice or tips do you have for the business community out there um, in Auburn and also the region um, for things that um, you would recommend just from the municipal uh, perspective? Well, first, I really want to thank those essential businesses and those defined as essential who have been allowed to continue to operate. Just really want to thank them and their employees for continuing to provide the services that the Auburn community, the region, and the entire Commonwealth need to have to get through this crisis. Um, we, we know that those businesses are hurting. We know that even though they're deemed essential, they're still faced with a number of financial and operational challenges. And we just want to let them know that we appreciate everything they're doing every day to keep all of us going and our families going. And we hope that those businesses that remain closed are able to somehow participate in any state and federal programs that are designed to assist if they're eligible. I think moving forward, businesses are going to need to continually adapt their operations and I identify opportunities for their future viability. You know, with every crisis like this comes some opportunities in the business community and maybe doing business the way that businesses had been doing pre-COVID, pre obviously that's going to have to change. And there may be some opportunities from an entrepreneurial perspective for future businesses that may actually thrive in the new world as we see it post-COVID. I think just in general for advice to the business community and to the employees, just continue to practice the social distancing, continue to practice safe hygiene practices with washing your hands and wearing gloves and wearing masks. Those are going to be necessary moving forward for companies to stay viable and for employees to stay healthy. We can't let down our guard, whether it's a town administration, the residents, or the business community. We all have to stay vigilant and follow all the state and federal health guidance that is out there from the experts to make sure that we protect those employees that are working every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, on a, on a positive note, we have seen community come together. We've seen people helping one another, businesses helping each other, and there have been fundraising drives and all sorts of wonderful initiatives that have come about 
within communities. Is there anything that you can think of in the uh, town of Arburn that would ring true to this particular um, community spirit initiative theme? There, you're right, Deborah. I, I think in any crisis, particularly a crisis of this magnitude, the community really pulls together and people work collaboratively to help one another, to help their neighbors, and to do what they can to contribute. People are staying home, obviously, more, and those who are staying home are looking for something that they can do to benefit the community and to feel good that they've, they've actually done something while, while they are uh, working from home or staying home. I think in Auburn, uh, we've done a couple things that I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to highlight. Uh, on April 8th, we announced the launch of a new COVID-19 initiative called Auburn Cares. And that stands for Community Assistance Relief Effort Strategy. And this is a coordinated effort of our town administration and our town departments to provide outreach and assistance to our vulnerable populations and those severely impacted by COVID-19 and the public health crisis. The Auburn Cares program consists of two outreach and assistance programs. One is called Our Seniors Matter, and the other is the Auburn Connection. Under the Our Seniors Matter initiative, town employees uh, are working to identify phone numbers for some 5,000 seniors aged 60 and over, and to call 1,600 seniors for whom we already have phone numbers. And the intent of this program, Our Seniors Matter, was to check on our seniors regularly, guide them to qualified staff at the senior center or other departments in town who can then provide them with technical and referral assistance and link those seniors with available resources. We want to be sure that our seniors don't feel as if they're completely isolated or without support if needed. You know, often just hearing a friendly voice from a personal phone call can help a senior feel less isolated during a stressful time like this. When we put this program together, I had reached out to the school superintendent and she wholeheartedly embraced the program and offered some of her teachers and instructional assistants and office staff to help with these calls. So we now have, an, I would call it an army of school department employees helping our town employees making these calls to residents on a weekly basis, calling out, reaching out to our seniors, making sure they're okay, making sure if they need food or meals, we can link them with the available programs such as Meals on Wheels. Uh, we actually had a teacher the other day who spoke to a senior who said they needed help with their prescription pickup. And this, this town employee, this uh, school department, this teacher, she was incredible. She went to the grocery store and to the pharmacy for the senior and delivered food and prescriptions to a senior who was in need. And that is just so far above and beyond what we anticipated anyone participating in this program would do. But it goes to show that Auburn is a strong community and working together, we can accomplish a lot to help our residents. Another piece of this, Deborah, is through the Auburn Connection. We set up a telephone hotline and it's called, uh, well, through the Auburn Cares Program, the hotline is 832-CARE, C-A-R-E. So residents can call in with non-emergency COVID-related inquiries or concerns. And then our employees will assist those residents to link them with state assistance program, food pantries, meal programs, utility information, support organizations, any services that are out there that they may need. And we staff this line Monday through Friday, eight to two, and do all the follow-up. So what we have found is that residents in the community have stepped up and asked what they can do to help. They want to volunteer, they want to help. We've 
had a good relationship with the Auburn Youth and Family Services prior to this. And now I'd say that relationship is even strengthened further because we understand that Auburn Youth and Family Services has a food pantry and we're trying to help them promote their food pantry. And whenever we're getting requests for volunteers here, we're sending them to Auburn Youth and Family Services to see if they need help. We've also developed an even stronger partnership with the Elder Services of Worcester area that provides our seniors with Meals on Wheels. They have been phenomenal. They, I believe our cases have doubled with Meals on Wheels and they have just been wonderful providing food and meals to the seniors in this community who need it. So there are many in this community who are willing, able, and enthusiastic about helping. And I think once we announced programs such as this, it really is a testament to how the Auburn community works together to help themselves and help each other. Well, thank you for sharing those wonderfully inspiring stories and how people are really stepping up and going the extra mile and participating and doing everything that they can to help others within their community. And that really is what is needed right now. Everyone needs to really do whatever they can in whatever way they can to not only um, keep things going with their own families and with themselves, and um, but also to really think about how they can help others and um, there have been studies that show that when people step up and help one another, especially during times of crisis, that that is incredibly uplifting to, their, to the psyche and can make a huge difference just on how people feel overall. And those are some of the things that really will help communities emerge stronger and closer and more bonded as a result of a crisis like this. Julie, we want to thank you so very much for taking the time to participate today and also for your leadership, your leadership every single day um, since you started in your role as the town manager of Auburn, but most especially for everything that you are doing now to keep your community thriving and moving forward during this pandemic and for taking all of the resources that you can possibly uh, garner and to dispersing them and to doing everything you can to keep your team positive and on the front lines to help every single resident and business within your community. Um, it's quite remarkable. Um, I'm not surprised at all knowing you. You're just, um, you're an incredible leader and individual and the, the town is very thank fortunate you. to have you at the helm. And uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Deborah, And thank you for, for inviting me and including me to participate in this. I think it's really important to keep the positive community messages at all levels uh, throughout the Commonwealth and actually across the country. Keep people positive, looking toward what we can do to get through this pandemic together and emerge as a stronger nation and emerge as stronger communities. And I think it is that that connection between us, you know, working with our colleagues, working with residents in the community, developing these strategic public-private partnerships, that's what's going to get us through all of this. And I also want to uh, make a comment that the, I believe the Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Polito have done a great job leading this Commonwealth. They've put some tremendous programs into place and they've put some very thoughtful strategic orders there that are helping to guide us in our uh, actions and reactions to the COVID-19 crisis. So I want to make sure that I thank them. Uh, so th we really appreciate you thinking of Auburn. And uh, once again, thank you for making the time to, to interview me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. And best of luck to you as you continue to navigate through this crisis. Thank you for everything. 
Thank you, Deborah. Take care.